It's episode 181 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in the office of Diana Rochelle Richarte, Director of Marketing for the American Bank Center. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, thank you so much for being here. I'm I'm so excited. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, so I'm I'm excited to even be like a part of this. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, first of all, so Courtney Richter, shout out Courtney. She yes. and I keep up with each other and we don't get to see each other in person as often as we'd like, but we keep up with each other on social media. She's like, hey, I have a couple of recommendations and you were one of them. And she like talked the world of you. You were nominated for the Hospies. I mean, you're killing it here at the American Bank Center. Um, not only that, but you're a graphic designer and owner and creative director of Deanna Rochelle Design. I mean, <laughs> so you have a lot going on, like an amazing art background. You've Done a lot for this venue and I'm thrilled that you were willing to be on so thank you so so much and especially for staying late because we're literally at her work right now we're in her office she made it a point to come back to visit with me for an hour and so eternally grateful because I know how busy you are with the family and everything yes so and again thank you Courtney she's so she's so badass yes and I love that she respects other people's jobs as well because there's a lot of people and I say it so many I've probably said it so many times today already because I'm always overwhelmed like I'm a team of one mm -hmm. so and I feel like a lot of people don't understand what it takes to run a marketing team or especially with Courtney and I think that's where me and her kind of um understand each other a little mm -hmm. bit because it's the same thing where it's like okay it's not just plugging in a microphone or it's not me just designing a graphic or posting on social media like there's a lot more um, intricate stuff to doing it and I think that's where her and I kind of um, relate a lot on that level well and thank you for saying that right because I think you're very true people don't understand what it really takes to run a marketing team at all and I'm hoping that you can shine some light on that right because mm -hmm. I mean I think marketing is kind of a word that's thrown around a lot without people really understanding its meaning so to me no better person to you know, explain exactly what that is than you. Um, I want to touch on something real quick because I was blown away by your and your husband's look for the art ball uh, last week. I guess that it was, was. That was actually Joey. So Joey. Oh, Trevino okay. Sorry, is, husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe. Joey says that he's my husband all the time. He's <laughs> super not into women at all. So <laughs> you he, go, Joey. He tells me all the time. He was just like, if I was not gay, and I'm like, I just missed it. <laughs> It was so close. That's a huge compliment, by it's the way. It's a huge compliment. So I love, I was actually the one, I was here, um, he was the one that I took home and we okay. went and go got it, like, to get a drink real quick. Before yes, I, I love that you did that because I was telling Deanna, traditionally, I bring tequila to the guests and we take a shot, but I would never in a million years bring it to your work office, you know, and she's like, it's fine because I went ahead and drink already. <laughs> right, exactly. And I love tequila more than anything. So I'd be like, let's take another one yeah. while we're the entire time. So yeah, Joey is actually our uh, booking manager. Okay. And he was the event manager here. And so he knows everything from the background of actually putting on the shows when it comes to rigging and, and talking to the promoters and exactly what they need wow. loading in loading out and so a lot of the gms that come in they are the booking manager and mm -hmm. this is the first time that you know we just got a gm two weeks ago and he was just like this is great like we have a booking manager and i don't have to do it kind of thing like of course they help each other but um the gm has an entire job on their own so right Again, it's like the GM has, you know, five jobs in one times, you know, however much. But 
um, they love it that there's someone that's dedicated to booking and he is knocking out of the park, especially because he knows what the tour is looking for. Yes. Oh, totally. Yes. Um, okay, well, shout out Joey. Yes, Joey. I mean, he's going to love it. He's be like, yes, queen. Oh, my God. I well, I mean, I'm sorry. The the glitter and the facial hair, and or I guess it, what was it? More like leaf? More like gold leaf or silver or something? It looked amazing. But yes. like, y'all together. My gosh. And that dress on you. I just had to, like, put that out there. Like, if y'all haven't <laughs> seen pictures of her from this event, my goodness. It was fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. So you're originally from California, right? Yes. Originally from Southern California. I was born in Palm Springs. Okay. And we, you know, we lived in Indio until I was about three. So I don't really remember. Um, but we moved to Beaumont, California, which is about 15 miles west of Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, tiny little town, literally right in the middle of Palm Springs and San Bernardino. Okay. Um, so that that's how I always kind of describe it because everybody remembers, you know, knows Palm Springs or San Bernardino, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Redlands was like a big part too, cause it was such a small town still is a small town. It's growing. Um, but even to go to target, you know, we had to drive at least 20 miles to get oh, there. Wow. Yeah. So I grew up with, um, my sister, I had, you know, I have a sister who's seven years older than me and then a single mom and we had a, a cute little suburban house. Um, so definitely grew up on, on the street with, you know, that typical, like, you're playing all day and then the streetlights are what tells you to I kind of go that. home. Yes. yes. Same. That's how I grew up. Yeah. So um, kind of went from there. Very small town where I didn't even know um, what design was. Like I've never heard of graphic design. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear about that term until I went to college. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. All right. And, and where'd you go to school? The Art Institute, right? I did go to the Art Institute, but I went to the Art Institute after I had gone to four three schools before that okay so I was actually when I when I got out of high school um I went for mechanical engineering I wanted to build and design cars like I'm yes because you're into cars that's right yes okay we're gonna touch on that because you're actually fixing something up right now yes my 70 Chevelle okay yes Yes. okay how freaking cool is (laughs) I wish I like cars I'm whack I'm not I don't (laughs) when I see how excited like you are about cars like that's amazing okay so mechanical engineering because you want to build cars that is cool as hell yes so it it's so weird like how I ended up here because it, it was more of a like ever since I was little, I was obsessed with cars. Like mm-hmm. I loved Hot Wheels. I had Barbies, of course, but my Hot Wheels was just like, that's what I wanted to play with all the time. Yeah. Um. I always wanted, have you seen those carpets with like the maps and you can drive? Yes. I've always wanted those and my mom would never buy one for me. Um. Of course we had, I had a single mom and so, and my dad wasn't paying child support. So mm-hmm. of course, um, I would get the computer paper and she would get so mad because I would take all the computer paper and tape them together and draw a town with like a Target and a Walmart and all that stuff. And of course it didn't look very nice. So she would crumble it up, throw it away. And then I would do it right back again. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know about your house, but uh, printer paper was like worth its weight in gold at my house like what yes, are you doing the same with us that's why she would get so mad because she would need to print something and she's like where the heck is all the yes, computer yes. <laughs> and so I love to draw um love that ever since I was little so for some reason and I don't know how it came about I just thought like I love cars I love to draw maybe and, and for I don't even know how mechanical engineering came about I didn't have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody around me that loved cars as much as I did. 
Um, right. So you weren't necessarily influenced by anything. No. That is very interesting that it was like an innate affinity for it. To, That's so to, interesting. Well, to be honest, I think I was... I got interested in it because my dad, ever since I was, before I was born, he's been an addict. And so he's not really a father fig figure. I've always talked about him as being a brother that kind of fell off the deep end kind oh, of thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was really into cars. Like he had, he had an Impala and then we had another Chevy, which he was super into into old school muscle cars too mm -hmm. and i think that that's where i got it from so I, I always figured that maybe if i was a boy or if i had more interest in stuff that he did that he would come around more often wow mm -hmm. man you know i just think of little diana you know what i mean and you're you're trying to pinpoint like what could i do you know what i mean to like Gah, I'm so sorry that, that you dealt. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as a as a mom, I, picturing a child trying to like earn love. You know what I mean? It just kills me. So. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about it from now, it it does sound kind of sad. And of course, like it's gone through years and years and years, kind of that. Um, but th that's kind of how it turned out. And it's yeah. so funny how it turns full circle. Like my husband. That's what he does. Like he owns his own business and that's all he does is his own business. Wow. And it's all cars and car audio and fabrication How and cool. everything What's like it? that. So can you say his business? Exclusive auto salon. Okay. Very good. Yes. Here in Corpus. Here in Corpus. Okay. Very, very good. Yeah, Thank he, you. He actually has a 7,000 square foot uh, shop, right? I guess you'd call it uptown. Is Maybe. that what it's called? Downtown, but it's like up. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> I should know this. Let's say yes. I've heard someone say that before, but okay. maybe I'm saying it incorrectly. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I've I've had a type where anything anybody that knows cars, I feel like a, if I met a guy and he didn't know anything about cars, and I knew more than him, and I'm like, you're you're not a guy. Yeah, I hate to say that. I'm sorry, but that was my type. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, you're like you're not a guy for me. Essentially, exactly. Is, is what there you're saying. I, no, I I totally feel that. I also think that that is so cool, and how you kind of turn this you know, um, idea of, a or something that you kind of like were innately drawn to, um, into initial or eventually dictating like what your degree was going to be in and that kind of thing. That's really neat that you stuck with it. And I still don't understand like the pinpoint, like, I don't know where mechanical engineering came from. Mm -hmm. Um, because of course, like when I was younger, the internet you know dial up internet there's not a lot of resources at that time right so i i don't know where that came from but i found out at a very young age and then it kind of was just like it just stuck with me where i'm like i'm gonna do mechanical engineering even though i didn't understand the full scope of it right um and then of course when i got into high school again i didn't really have a lot of resources so i didn't even understand that you had to apply for college the year before mm -hmm. it wasn't until we got closer to graduation where people were like oh yeah i applied to this college and this college and i'm like what do you mean applied mm -hmm. and they're like well you have to pay to apply and i'm like you have to pay to apply like i don't understand yeah well like, and that's another thing that kills me is that yeah. i feel like I, I was in a similar situation where my parents had no idea what was going on and mm -hmm. you know i didn't know there weren't people telling me necessarily but to me that's where counselors should be filling in the blanks you know what i mean there's yes. no way you should have been that close to graduation without having known you needed to apply for college exactly before. i think it was just that that school in general right. but um hopefully it's a lot better now <laughs> yes i agree <laughs> right um so yeah i ended up actually just going to community college and um I 
failed miserably when it came to, and of course, again, the resources. Um, when I was a junior in high school, that was the last time I took statistics. Um, I was so, I was really good at math. Mm -hmm. And of course I, I passed with an A. When I got to senior year, the counselors did tell me, they're like, why don't you take AP statistics? But they didn't really explain to me why to take an AP class. Mm -hmm. To me, it was just like, AP is like a fancier version. And I was just like, why would I take it again? Mm -hmm. I got, I got an A. Why would I risk doing it again, especially senior year? Like you want to take yearbook and right the fun stuff. And, yeah, like all all the fun stuff that you want to do. And I was just like, no, I'm okay. So potentially took a year and a half off of math. Right. Thought that like I'm so good at math, I'll remember without actually refreshing or anything. So of course, when I got into um, when I wanted to start community college, you had to take you know some of the tests, and it kind of places you. Mm -hmm. I failed miserably, and just I, I guess it was just like that cockiness kind of thing maybe and again not anybody telling me that like you need this is stuff that you need to do right and I think that helped me actually become um I can't think of the word like um work harder at it I guess okay yeah but you weren't going to give up. That's for damn sure. Um, no, um, because I've, I'd seen where my dad was. I've seen where my mom was. My mom, I definitely get my work ethic from her. She was never home. She, you know, she worked an hour away from where we lived. And she was a supervisor for like a team of people. And because she didn't get a college degree, she couldn't go any higher than where she was. Right. And so her performance, obviously, like... Um, you know, the bonuses and stuff and, and her salary obviously depends on the performance of the team that was underneath her. Yes. So um, she was very stressed when she would come home. And, you know, by the time she did come home, it was dark after hours. I would just hide in my room because she would kind of bring the stress home with her, too. Right. But she was working. You know, I, I completely understand that now, especially being a mom. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so, um. So I had seen, okay, so I've seen my dad's side where it's like not going to college at all. Yeah. And then I've seen my mom where she did have a little bit of college, but she never got a degree. And I'm like, okay, so I understand that you can get to a certain point, obviously, when when you're working really hard. But if I were to get a, a degree, I can get even further. And that was kind of like my motivation. And so I was like, I know for sure I need to go to college degree. Our kind of um, agreement with my mom and I and was that I could stay home and I didn't have to pay rent, but that she wasn't going to help me with school. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure it out. And the only bad thing about being home was that she still claimed me on taxes. Mm -hmm. So it would kind of screw me over when it came to scholarships and stuff. Like going to a oh. four-year college was unachievable because of that, because it was showing on paper that I was getting help. Right. Even wow. It was coming out of my pocket. Yes. Oh my gosh. And so that's what made it a little difficult. So I had a couple of dream schools that I wanted to go to. There was Cal State um, Long Beach and then Cal Poly Pomona that excel in mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. And because I scored so low on those tests, it was like, I felt like I was going to be there for like six or eight years because I had to go to the pre-courses yes. and pass those before I got to the ones that actually mattered yes. towards the degree. Oh, gosh. And so I potentially went for my, you know, my focus was mechanical engineering, but I was taking a lot of the 
the basics. Pre yeah, basic Or the prereqs, the prereqs. Prereqs, yeah. yeah. There we go. It's been so long. I know. I was like, <laughs> hearing you talk about this, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like having flashbacks. Right? 100%. Yes. <laughs> the stress of like wanting to get it done at like in a timely manner, but sometimes classes aren't offered or sometimes you have to take a class that like you said, doesn't really matter when it comes to the degree. Anyway, I'm feeling yes. like Yes. And the, and the guidance counselors at the community college were like you know it would be one guidance counselor and they're like you need to take x y and z classes and then it would be like the next semester and because they were by semesters and not quarters it would be a new person they were like why did you take these classes they would these don't even matter and it was like i'm not going anywhere exactly like, all my on, money yes um so i had seen I had seen commercials for the Art Institute and there was one in San Bernardino and then there was one in Orange County, which was Orange County is not that far from where I grew up. Mm. Um, I went to San Bernardino. I have a really long backstory, actually. No, I'm a, <laughs> but I, I now that I'm thinking. No, about it. I mean, I, that, that's why we're here. Like, <laughs> you're perfect. So I, I looked into the Art Institute and I realized doing more because like before mechanical engineering was the only thing that was stuck in my head when I started having a little bit more you know the internet obviously was a lot better than what I was when I was little and it talked about industrial design and industrial design is where you actually design the cars mm -hmm. and, the, and then you pass it off to the mechanical engineer and they make sure that your design is yeah that it's able like to feasible work. yeah yeah so I was like okay maybe that's what I want to do and I couldn't find a school in California that was worth my time or effort, especially, again, because I was paying for school and mm -hmm. going to put my all in it. And I found one. It was at Arizona, which I've always heard that school is like the worst party school and you don't want to go there. Okay. Or um, Minnesota, which was Moorhead University. Yeah. Applied there, got in. And in Minnesota. In Minnesota. I had okay. never even visited Minnesota. I think it's cold. It's very cold. Lots of snow. <laughs> and I ended up getting in and then I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why would I go there? I don't know anybody. Right. I don't have the money to move there. And um, I, I met with a counselor in San Bernardino, which they didn't offer industrial design. And she was like, I feel like you would be good in graphic design. I'm like, I've never even heard of that interesting yeah like just all she of a just sudden, threw it out there she just threw it out there and she was just this is how she pitched it she was like you do business cards and logos and i was like i'm okay yeah like that doesn't seem interesting that to me. doesn't seem interesting <laughs> no <laughs> nothing it, against people that do that it's amazing but like for you to spend a lot of money getting a degree in that not promising yes yeah, so and i'm like i'm okay and um continue to go to community college well so my mom, I love to draw and she wasn't very a big fan of me taking extra classes, like anything artistic. I love to dance. I grew up dancing when I was, oh, you know, wow. all through How school. Oh, wow. How neat. Um, I was taking extra dance classes that she didn't approve of kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I was using her car at the time, so she wouldn't give me her car to use to go to class. Right. Um, so when I started taking drawing classes... I was paying for it, but I didn't have a car at the time. So yeah. I had to kind of hide it and be like, oh, I'm going to math class or yeah. something. Um, so I was actually going to the sister college of that of the one that I was going to. And it was a life drawing class. I made friends. And then 
completely forgot that the art institute even said graphic design and they were like we're gonna take a graphic design course the next semester you should take it with us and I'm like what is graphic design like I don't understand what that is and they said the same thing it's like business cards and letter they said letterheads too and I'm like that is not sound interesting right for sure and they were like just take it with us so I ended up taking the class got a C in the class okay and it was literally business cards like I still (laughs) that was the class it was making a business card in one logo and it was the entire semester and I thought it was the dumbest thing yeah okay this is making like where you are even funnier like more interesting (laughs) yeah I still didn't even understand how I it's so crazy like how it even happened um the art institute though just kept playing though then I would see the another commercial and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna do it I want to but I want to move away from my hometown let me go to Orange County yeah got denied because of obviously nobody helping me but it's it looks like you know, someone's helping me and I, right. didn't, I didn't have the funds to go. Right. Um, got denied again, still doing my mechanical engineering journey. Mm-hmm. And then I would get kind of drilled on like, what are you doing with your life and, and stuff like That's that. That's so hard. Mm-hmm. And so it just got to the point where I'm like, okay, let me try again in San Bernardino. I'm just going to do graphic design. Let's just do it. I don't know what else to do at this point. And so, and I'd been going to school full time. Like I never took a break. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was literally staying at home, do- not doing anything. Yeah. Um, but some people, especially like old school parents, like I think mine and yours can view like school as kind of like, like, what are you doing? Like school is yeah. not a job. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I went again and already getting denied before. And luckily, my sister, who I'm not even really close with, she decided to go with me because she was interested in the interior design program that they Mm -hmm. had. And we sat down with the counselor. They kind of like drew everything out. They had like a matrix grid, which I loved. I loved it because they were like, we're year round. We do quarters and not semesters. So Mm -hmm. you can knock it out if you want to do your bachelor's degree three years all you have to do is just cross it off. And it, this matrix doesn't change. And I was like, wow, that's what I need. Yes, that kind of visual. Yeah, because I've been told, like how I said before, where it's like, why did you take that class? And so I'm like, this is exactly what I need. Like, what do I need to do to get into this school? And applied, got denied again. Dar- and damn. Yes. <sighs> and she, luckily this guidance, can- like the uh, guidance counselor was just like, if you, and I don't even remember what it was. It was literally a piece of paper and was like, if you get your mom to sign this and says that she has no financial, um, responsibility, mm-hmm. I guess it's, um, for you when it comes to your school and that's all we need her to do. And I was like, there's no way she's not going to sign this. And and luckily my sister was there. So she was able to listen to the entire conversation. Yeah. And we kind of went to my mom together and my sister was kind of an advocate for me and was just like, you are not going to have any, you know, um, obligations yeah. for her if she decides to drop out. Yeah. And so we convinced her and her just signing that off and it was perfect like her name was not on anything it was just some paperwork where I think that they had to like run her credit yeah and 
she's always had amazing credit. She's going to kill me for saying this. She's always had amazing credit. It like literally just worked out where, you know, something, something had happened and her credit for like just that brief moment had dropped. Mm -hmm. And because they ran it and was just like, oh, she can't financially help you. I was able to to get into the school you're kidding Mm -hmm. okay so like you said your mom's probably gonna hate this but it it was meant to be right that she had that little drop or whatever that little drop where she's oh she's very much like you know doesn't stray from that very very strict on you know very hardworking, very like i'm always paying my bills never yep that whole thing super old school kind of way yes and it was so weird it's so crazy how that happened it was kind of like it was meant to be at that moment because I had been I had got denied twice before one props to you for carrying on being like no this is what I want I'm gonna keep doing it because you know some people will take that no and that's it you Mm -hmm. know what I mean but you said no like we're we're gonna try to make this work like you went back and talked to them I mean Mm -hmm. that tenacity is very admirable yeah and so once that happened, um, you know, through the, through the whole time of school, she didn't think that, you know, drawing, because I think that was the whole thing where, like, you just draw. Like, that's all it is. You're drawing and painting. How do you make a career out of that? And I do understand, of course, now that she just wanted a better life. Yes. But, like, I couldn't talk about school, even though we were living under the same roof. We were more like roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I had to kind of hide my schoolwork and stuff from her because she really didn't want to see it. She didn't understand it kind of thing. Yes. But of course I was paying for school myself. So it was kind of like that mutual understanding where that's fine that what you're doing, just do whatever you need to do. And I really don't like yes. get on with our lives. Kind yeah. Of thing. Because if you ask again, I see similarities between your mom and my parents because it was kind of like, there's no money in that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like if, and, but their intentions were were right they had good intentions yeah. you know um the execution wasn't great but they were doing their best like with what they knew you know and art wasn't the move really it back, wasn't. back then yeah and I didn't get she's not artistic whatsoever so I did mm-hmm. not get that from her side I got that from my dad's side mm-hmm. obviously but um but yeah so I went to school um I started loving it we, you know you're taking typography classes we took the basic classes of course yeah um, but so you're not doing mechanical engineering anymore. Not at this anymore. Point. Okay. But my first class was uh, we had signed everything. For some reason, my first class was a math class on a Saturday morning, and each class it was one day each week for four hours. Interesting. So instead of you know like the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, yeah. it was just once. you're taking it once that time. Okay. So for some reason, my math class was from nine to twelve on Saturday mornings. Wild. I went to that math class, my very first class of the Art Institute, and I started just chatting with the teacher. He literally was like, and I remember it so well. I don't remember his name. I just remember what he told me. He was just like, you're stupid for going from mechanical engineering oh. <laughs> to graphic design. I wasn't sure where you were going. No, you because like we I had talked to him about math and I love math and I'm really great at it and he was literally like you're gonna be making a quarter of what you could be making with mechanical engineering like are you kidding me and I told him I was just like it's such a male dominant industry that even now my whole the whole entire time of course because I didn't have anybody to tell me you can do this and you're a badass and you're yes be a woman in a male dominant industry 
I was like, what if I were to pay for all this schooling and nobody hires me? Mm -hmm. Because like, you're a woman. Why why would I hire you? Oh, God. Men are the ones that are hiring us. Yes. It's, you know, for anybody listening to this, there is a lot of truth to that. And mm-hmm. that is a very real concern mm-hmm. whenever you're entering these fields. Yeah. Exactly. And it was every single time um, I actually, my cousin who is like my second sister, her boyfriend was doing mechanical engineering and he was going to um, Cal State Long Beach. And every single time I would see him, I would be like, how are classes? Like, how's it going? And he was always super stressed. And I remember one time asking him, I was like, do you have any girls in your classes? And he was like, there's a one Asian girl Mm -hmm. and they're mean to her. Like, they're really mean to her. If she were to be like, hey, what was that that the teacher said? They were like, then why don't you fucking listen? Yeah. Like. Just awful. Yeah. And it terrified me. And. Of course, doing the classes at the community college, I was around a lot of guys, but I, I feel like I've I've always been one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also had, of course, those douchebag guys that for some reason a girl intimidates them. And there's always that one guy, no matter what. It could be, I've met a million of them. For some reason, I feel like the name is Kyle. It's <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like that same name. And they're like, I would never get you know, I would never hire a girl or mm-hmm. no girls know nothing about cars. Girls know nothing. Yes. about. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I, I am a girl and I know nothing about cars, but like you are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like who I'm sitting with right now, literally today, I, I'm a senior project manager where I work. I sent an email out to one of the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say foreman. Um, cause I don't want to give anything away to one of the, one of the foremen <laughs> at work. Instead of calling me for the clarifying question, he called my project manager. Who's my, uh, my employee to, he called him your employee yes he called my employee to ask him for details not me <gasps> anyway I'm just saying for anybody who may be like no way yes way literally today anyway but yeah so uh I respect that I respect why you know you were kind of, you kind of told him like hey man you may think that I would have been happier in this position but not necessarily yeah exactly because I've I've also been told I've been told both ways where it's like um not both ways. I guess I would, I've always heard like, do what you love and mm-hmm. you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And drawing and, and art has always been my favorite thing. Like I've just always done it. I loved it when it's even drawing on my friends. Cause I've always wanted to like tattoo or something. Yeah. I still do it on my son. He has stuff. I have drawings cause he draws on me too. How um, cute is that? <clears throat> and yeah. plus, cause I did like a deep dive in your Instagram. You are like an incredibly talented painter, an incredibly talented oh, drawer. You. Like you started painting on clothes and like shoes as like a medium. Yes. It is, I mean, very impressive. Like you have the talent, like I have period. To, I have to actually hide my paints because those are really expensive paints from my son because mm-hmm. he loves to paint. Mm, nice. But of course, <laughs> if I start painting, he's like, oh, pretty. And then yes. he starts painting over yes. mine and I'm like, okay, detach. Okay. Not, yeah, so not, all right, that's not just a my son thing because I'll be making something I'm proud of and next thing you know, scribble, scribble all over it. And I'm like, yeah, like you said, detach. <laughs> Detached, detached that's hilarious okay. oh my god that's so funny yeah you're like it's okay yes it's okay I don't care about this yes um but yeah so so when it came to that teacher I remembered it and I was like he kind of represents every single person before that has told me you can't do this yep. or you can't progress because you're a woman or you don't have the money or you don't have the resources mm-hmm. and I've been told that so many times 
So I remember it. I don't remember his name, but I do remember that. And I had told him, I was just like, I've always heard to do your passion. And I feel like this is my passion because up until that point, I'd obviously done a lot more research on graphic design. And Mm -hmm. I was just, it's, there's like an umbrella of things you can do under graphic design. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it full force. And if it doesn't work for me, then at least I have a degree behind it. Yes. So that's kind of what was my fuel. And I think I needed that. That was just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to show you that there's a reason why I'm here kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, and I feel like you have that quality and like throughout your entire story, you've exhibited it in so many ways, whether it's, you know, your mom doesn't necessarily want you to go to school for this, but you're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this school said no to you uh, joining, but you're going to keep trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it seems as though, you know, you're hearing what other people are saying. I don't want to necessarily call them naysayers, but some of them might be. Mm-hmm. And while you're, you hear it, you don't let it affect you necessarily. Like you're still going to do what you want to do. Yeah, I definitely do care. And I feel like that's something that I'm still working on till today, because especially when it comes to my work, if I hear, I can hear, you know, 10 people say like, this is amazing, but I can hear one person, one person says, I don't get it. Or why would you do it this way? Or, you know, anything that has to do with questions, Mm -hmm. it affects me. Yes. And I'm just like, but I'm going to convince you until you switch. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love that. That's kind of how my mentality is where it's just like, I've heard no so many times where I'm like, but it drives me. Yes. Oh, but that's the best quality to have because you're always going to be told no, unless you're like in some position where of like major celebrity where people are telling you yes, when they should be telling you no, you're all, you know what I mean? You know (laughs) who I'm talking about. Um, but that you're, uh, us, folks down here are all going to hear no at some point in our lives you need to know how to handle it mm-hmm. and it seems to me that you have that in spades that's such a superpower to me yeah and I've I've learned from again from such a this is more a little bit more darker but from such a young age drawing and art has always been a therapy for me like mm-hmm. I've I went to therapy when my you know when my parents split and I was seven but what was so crazy and this this is kind of ties into it was that I would sit there and be so quiet and the counselor would ask me questions and I would just ignore her. Any kind of authority because I didn't have my mom and dad around, um, I didn't respect authority. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my mom and dad aren't telling me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Or um, I don't want to talk to you. I don't know who you are. Right. And um, it wasn't until my mom happened to tell her because there was many sessions where the counselor's like, why are you even bringing her? She's not talking to me. And my mom was like, you know what? She likes to draw. So I remember that day so well when I walked in and there was paper with like crayons. I was so excited. Wow. And I was just sitting there coloring, just staring at the paper. And she would ask me questions like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel good. And like, well, I'm like, yeah, happy and coloring and everything like that. She knew you're like your language, like your mom tipped her off to your language. Yes. That's very interesting. So do you find like, obviously, you know, you are here, you're, you're established, you have a great position, you have a family. Do you find that when you uh, lose yourself in art, whether it's painting or drawing or whatever, that it is kind of like a therapeutic thing for you even now? A hundred percent. Yes. So there's times where, of course, because I have my son and he's very much into it, there's times where I'm like, I want to go home and I want to paint 
or I want to draw or something. I do love that he likes to do it as well. But of course, because it's my therapy, sometimes I'm like, oh, yes. I wish I could just do it myself. Yes, but yes. I do understand I have a three-year-old yes. and, you know, he needs attention. So maybe when he gets a little bit older, it'll become his therapy too. Yeah. And we can kind of zone in on that. Um, I love that. But another thing I wanted to touch on, which I, I kind of missed, was... And I've had quite a few people ask me where they're like, where did you get into drawing? Yeah. And it floors people when I tell them. Oh, yes. Tell me. Where I where I'm like, they're going to think that I'm the craziest person or like that my family is super crazy. Everybody's <laughs> family is a little crazy. Like this is a no judgment zone. Yeah. So, OK. So anytime somebody asks me, my dad, um, like how I said before, was kind of like a brother. He, you know, he's been an addict before I was born. Um, he went to jail when I turned about six years old. And of course, being that young, sending letters to a kid that age, you don't really have a lot to talk about. Yes. So he would draw like a character. And I have some of these letters still. I have um, one of them that sticks out was like a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. And so he would draw um, a character and in the letter would say, name the character and draw him a friend or draw a senior like a scenery around him yeah or like what does he like to do for fun but draw it out because you know again there's not a lot for us to talk about so this is that's how I got into drawing wow was that my dad was kind of like an illustration as you can see from like what I do and logos and stuff like that that's yes that's my um my focal point like my focus is illustration yes and so that's how I got into it was that I would see my dad and he was a really good drawer and I wanted to emulate that. Again, being the little girl that was just like, maybe if I got into stuff that he liked, we would yes. have more in common and he would want to be around more often. I totally get that. But also, I mean, you know, I don't know him, but props to him for thinking of such a creative way to like, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Keep you engaged with like these letters and drawings and stuff. Mm -hmm. That is so smart and interactive yeah and it does now that you say that like he didn't have to send me anything because of course my sister's seven years older she was you know 14 at the time so of course she had a lot more intricate letters where he would talk a little bit more about you know how school going and stuff like that and he didn't necessarily need to send me anything but he came up with a creative idea on yes. how for us to keep that relationship yeah while he was in jail <laughs> right so. no I'm I mean you know lo loved ones right like you you try to remember because you know on paper it's like oh yeah that doesn't look good right like my, yeah. my dad went to jail <laughs> but it's like you know loved ones we love them they are people and they fuck up mm -hmm. just like we fuck up like you know what I mean some more extreme than others but you know what I mean like yeah. I, I don't know I, I try to like you know, I can't condemn anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I hear that story and I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah. You know, despite everything else that I I'm, I know, I barely know anything, but I feel like that's a good story. You know what I mean? Um, and look what it's turned into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you are in it. And also, I love the word illustrator and I feel like it's not used enough, but you are very much that. Yeah. Um, the things that you've created, I, I wrote them down, but I mean, you do like logo logos and branding. Like you did like the Roger Crager's Coastal Bender stuff, the mm -hmm. Wingapalooza, um, uh, what, what is it? The like logo and like the um, marketing for that and everything. I mean, so how did your love for drawing and illustrating manifest into like full-fledged marketing? Because what a beast that is and you're making it look so easy. So of course, going to school for graphic design, um, they 
oh, they taught me so much of, you know, the basics. A lot of people, which is so crazy, a lot of them had already been um, introduced to Photoshop. I had never touched Photoshop until I started college and all of them. And what's so funny is that my um, the other students helped me because I didn't have money to have, you know, like the programs and of stuff. Of course, that's just expensive. So I had a, the bootleg stuff. Yeah. And everything. And, and I got it on my laptop that I had. And um, the friends that I made and stuff like that have um, they all have an extreme passion. And I loved it kind of it kind of grew graphic design all together and all the different things that they have. And I I realized going to school that I actually was the only one that knew how to draw, which was kind of crazy. But Photoshop and Illustrator do it for you so yes. like as long as you know you know it's not necessarily drawing with a hand it's it's also like obviously completely different especially if you know how to draw or paint or anything like that right um I don't think I've ever really talked about it either so mm -hmm. it was just more of like oh it's happened and it's in the past kind of thing yeah so once I graduated from college there was of course like a three-month period before I even got a call back oh um, god yes the the jobs looking the jobs, for the jobs yes and there was three months right there that it was kind of like of nothing, nothing was moving. Um, I got a call from a place in Rancho Cucamonga, um, which some people know it's like Rancho Cucamonga in Ontario. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm -mm. Um, they're called the Seminar Solution. I don't even know if they're still there anymore. It was, now that I think back on it, I felt like they were my age or younger. I'm 33 now. Maybe they were younger, like not even in their 30s. Oh, wow. And there was like three of them running it. It was a little sketchy. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll that's just funny. say like a startup company. Yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. Trying to figure out what to do. They had one graphic designer there already. And then there was two of us and we all shared one desk. But the computers were all like it was I could see you if I were to like obviously move around the desk. And yeah. there was another person here. Okay. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. The yeah. kind of like setup. I know yes. what you're talking about. And it only lasted six months, but I learned a lot within just that kind of time frame because it was very much a male dominant, mm -hmm. three guys, yep. I know what I'm doing, you don't know what you're doing kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, they ended up going under, so was only there for six months and luckily applied for a bunch of jobs, got a call. I don't even remember um, applying for this job. Okay and that's it, interesting yeah and it was a strahan advertising in santa Ana, california which is in or orange county mm -hmm. and they offered me obviously um to go into interview still didn't understand what they did and i think i was more nervous than anything because i still am a like i don't even remember when we did the interview of him talking about what they did right um but i think he liked my personality and was just like yeah let's let's do this and it was a mini advertising firm. Okay. And so I was there for about three years, right before I got this job, actually. And I was the perfect job to learn all the basics in. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much graphic design and graphic design only. And I would create ads for, it was more food service clients. Okay. And so we had Curtis Coffee. Um, which Curtis 
well they don't make coffee they have the machines for coffee yeah and i see it everywhere and my husband every single time because i'm like i used to work for them i used to work like i mean that's cool mcdonald's has their machines heb has their machines like Mm -hmm. i've seen it everywhere like any restaurants have the machines um i was able to create the logo for them for their 75th anniversary and it was a rooftop party wow in downtown chicago wow yeah and then i worked um so it was an advertising firm so we had quite a few companies we had norbis which is like a turkey packaging um for uh grocery stores okay and so i would do like the point of sales that's on the deli meat so the little signs that talked about what kind of deli meat you're picking up yes to the little corner triangle static clings that talked about 30 percent off for um right well things that people see on the day-to-day and maybe don't even register like this is all a part of it you know all of these little details like if you go into heb heb does it so well we don't have heb in california Mm -hmm. so when i came here i was like i want to be on their graphic design team oh my gosh they do it so well so it anywhere from like packaging design to that to product books to website design like you name it we did it Mm -hmm. um 30 foot hanging banners for trade shows and doing the entire booth the only bad thing about that was i never got to travel to see it so all of our uh, clients that we had were on the east coast oh wow and so since it was such a small advertising firm my boss who was the owner and then the copywriter, they would go together mm-hmm. and they would take pictures and they were, cr- they were crappy pictures. Like I could never <laughs> use it for my portfolio, mm-hmm. but they were like, oh, look at your right, stuff. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Never use it for my portfolio. Cause it was just like that really bad, yes. bad lighting. Their yes. camera phone was dirty. Yes. And I don't even think they were thinking about it in that way, you no. know, Darn. and to keep creativity flowing, the main thing when you come to branding or marketing is who is your competitor and what are they doing Mm -hmm. and how can you do it better? Yes. And that's like the foundation of it. So when they would send me a picture of like, they would go to a trade show and my entire, like I did everything in that trade show booth, but they wouldn't take the pictures of the people next to them. And I was like, oh no, you should have took the pictures. And they were like, no, like we had the Curtis shirt on. We couldn't really take pictures. Yeah. But literally my creativity on that was just like dying because I didn't get to see my stuff in real life. Yes. And you were you were a little stifled. Yeah. It was called what we, we say creative block. Mm-hmm. And it was 100 percent. That's just what was happening. Yeah. What I've seen from the post that you've made about working here is that mm-hmm. you have a team that's very much like you have an idea like let's implement it like let's see what it turns into because mm-hmm. like you did like a rebranding what was it called oh the design brand design takeover for like venue by, by the, the bay, bay. Yes. yeah you know what i mean like you have these ideas that you're cranking out over here mm-hmm. like you did the welcome to welcome manad a corpus christi poster mm-hmm. and like all that kind of stuff like it seems to me like you're really kind of being you're kind of leading the way with that kind of thing. Yeah. So my my whole, um, especially becoming and design and and again graphic design is like very new to me. Um, I learned the term art director, mm-hmm. and I had friends going to the art institute. A lot of them for photographers, and one of them is very successful. He would go to L.A. and I because I was very. Um, 
you know, I was going to school and then I was obviously um, going to work, but I didn't like being home. Like home, I treated it like a hotel Mm -hmm. and any chance to get away. So he always asked me to be his assistant and I was always so cool. 100% on board. Yeah. And I would go with him and he would get calls from actual PR companies and be like, we need to take headshots of one of them was the guy that just did Jersey Boys. Like he was in that movie Jersey oh, Boys. Oh, wow. We were in his apartment. How cool is that? And it was like, I was a big fan of the Hills. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like a girl that PR comes in with all these brand new clothes and was just like, I don't know what to dress him in. And I was like, can I, can I jump in? I know I'm just like a fly on the wall. Yeah, but let me give you some input. Yeah. Wow. So I loved it. Like I, I picked out his outfit. Um, he had these blue, blue eyes. So I was just like, what if we do a blue shirt? Now that I think back on it, it wasn't the best outfit. But at the time, I was just like, it worked. Let's play Barbie. Yeah, it worked. Um, I did a blue shirt with like a white jacket. We went outside, went by some like greenery trees, but it, it popped at his eyes mm-hmm. a lot. And they ended up using that shot for the article for the movie. And I was like, this is amazing. Well, right. And did you did it also occur to you like, okay, like I'm pretty good. Like I have an eye for these things. But I didn't understand where I would fit in mm-hmm. because on that shoot and other shoots I had been around, I was just an assistant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I was the PR person that was coordinating with fashion companies because fashion was not a thing that I liked. Yeah. Um, I love photography, but it was a hobby and it was very expensive hobby but yeah because i've seen that you've incorporated that too because you'll take photos like you'll do headshots for people Mm -hmm. you'll do photos of like the uh, food items that are here and that kind of thing i mean so you really are i feel kind of exploring like all avenues of of what you're good at yes every anything again like how i said anything that comes to art i love so much and then um when i was going to school we were able to take you know obviously those extracurricular classes i would take Every single one of those classes when people were taking like another typography class and I'm like, that's fine. I don't need to take another one. (laughs) I would do all photography classes, but because those photography classes were with the actual photography students. And of course, I'm coming in as like the graphic designer that doesn't really know anything. I would just keep my mouth shut. Like I wouldn't say, oh, this is just an extracurricular one. Right. And so luckily the school you were able to check out DSLR cameras they weren't the best but they were pretty good yeah starting Canon um, cameras and a couple of them were like wow your work's really good and it wasn't until like the end of the classes where I'd be like oh yeah and I'm just graphic design so you won't see me again right (laughs) surprise yeah but I, I feel like because I explored that it even helped me more with marketing okay it helped me more with advertising because I noticed when I got more into the program, every single person was purchasing the exact same stock photo. Yeah. And so you see when we're doing an advertisement in class, you know, 20 of the 30 kids had the exact same photo. Yes. And the only thing that's different, like the concept was there or they would, you know, they would have a different concept, but the same, same picture. Right. Um, And they weren't good at editing the photos or anything like that. And I was the only one that was like, my pictures were original on top of that. See, that's cool. And I started learning. Yeah. I started learning where I'm like, wow, anything that I can do outside of this is going to set me apart from this other person, you know, obviously that's next to me. And design was the same thing too. 
um, not design, I'm sorry, illustration. Mm -hmm. And because I was the only one in the class that knew how to draw as well. And I do remember another teacher, um, I always heard um, all the other, like all my other friends that I made, they kept talking about this one teacher and I never had him. And by the time we became senior, we had to do this big senior presentation project kind of thing. Okay. Um, and you had to have a couple of really big projects in your portfolio and you had to go up and talk very in-depth about each project. Okay. Very, very stressful. You have to remember everything. If they answer, if they ask questions, you have to be able to mm -hmm. not think about it mm -hmm. and just, you're basically um, pitching five really big in-depth advertising campaigns. Wow. To your class on top of other teachers coming in. Yeah. And that was your grade to graduate the entire thing. But not only that, we had to do a portfolio show on top of that. And so it was just very, very, yes, very stressful. That, that's a lot. Yes. And I, I realized, um, no, before, sorry, before I realized that teacher, I remember came and sat down next to me and he was just like, what is your main focus? And I was just like, I'm not sure, but I know what I don't like. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, with that attitude, you're never going to be successful. And I thought it was like the strangest thing because I'm like, isn't it good to know what you don't like versus yes like and, and that you moment, have to know what you don't like so you know what you do like it's yeah. just like a that's just like the step in the process yeah and i i thought like liking our uh, professors man they are something else those yeah. egos are massive exactly and so i i thought that was a good answer and i was just like and it was an honest answer yeah that's my other thing like you weren't trying to tell him what he wanted to hear you were being straight up and again, I was still, there's so many different pinpoints that you could do under graphic design that I'm just like, isn't it better to know and explore all of those options versus like, I don't want to do anything except web design. And yes. that's all I want to do. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's another thing I wanted to say that you, cause like you said, you're like, I, you know, I tried all these little things or extra things like photography mm -hmm. and, and whatever. Um, and that helped you be a better marketer mm -hmm. that is amazing because yeah. a lot of people just pigeonhole themselves like you said web design that's it you know whatever but um look how well-rounded you are yeah look at all the skills you bring to the table like you are incredible yeah and i i there's definitely nothing wrong with that pinpoint because i've worked with web designers and i was just like oh i thought i knew until that's their main focus yeah so then I do, I started to understand what he was saying when he was just like, you're never going to be successful because you have to kind of pinpoint what you're good at and just do it and be passionate about it. And that's how you're going to succeed. And so when I learned that I did have something different than everybody else when it came to drawing and, and being super interested in illustration, my entire portfolio reflected that. And I do remember when it was time for the portfolio show because you have to do your entire booth, have your portfolio, your business cards, everything obviously has to be your branding. Yeah. Cohesive. Remember he walked up to me, super quiet, was just looking at everything. I didn't say anything. And he was just like, 
I don't have to worry about you. Oh, good. And then kind of just walked away. I love that. I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, you're like, I have a process, all right? Like, just let me do my thing. Um, You can see the big picture while still, you know, kind of delving in like different little areas. I I think that is so cool. So something else that you had put, um, I think it was specifically on your design page that I thought was really neat, is you had individual posts about the importance of mock-ups behind the scene footage and headshots, which Mm -hmm. I think are, I think it's good that you put it out there because I think a lot of businesses would be like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do behind the scenes. I don't need a headshot. But I mean, so why did you put posts out there specifically for those things, uh, behind the scenes, mock-ups and headshots? Like, why did you feel those were so important to emphasize? So being here and when I, when I first started here, um, there was four of us and, they you know the other people that had been here some of them had been here 10 plus years kind of thing and but they were so separate and it showed through the marketing that everything looked separate not cohesive yeah and um you know stuff started happening and and then now i'm cut to uh two years ago where i ended up being here unfortunately by myself because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and um I was just like, you know what? Like, I have a chance to kind of treat this as my own advertising company and yes. do what I want and be the art director that I've always wanted to do. Yes. And so I saw what we were doing before, and and I hate to say it was just like you kind of get into that rhythm of like, oh, someone was already doing it, and you kind of start doing yes, the same thing. Absolutely. And it got to the point where I'm like, nobody cares. Like. I could do what I want and why am I not doing this more? Mm-hmm. And um, of course, like from my background, I didn't come from the venue side. I I actually didn't really care to um, go to concerts. And I, I love, love music. That's probably like, that's another one of my therapies is like, and I have... I love all types of music. Mm-hmm. I can go any from from like blues to oh, I love Motown and R and B nice. to all of that stuff. And um, so when I came here, um, I had only visited one other like venue where I actually was like attended. Of course, I went to like a bunch of smaller outdoor, and I actually dated a drummer. So like I would go and and we would go. Um, obviously to smaller concerts and stuff like that right in san diego and california and orange county but when i started here i didn't realize how many people it takes to put on a show Mm -hmm. i didn't know like this venue like somebody's here more than nine to five this is not a nine to five job yeah um but this many hours to put on that reba show that we did or you know like any other show and that's what I fell in love with. And I, I don't care to be in with like a lot of people because I'm very much an introvert and I don't want to be touched or anything like I that. I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> so um, I decided to just play around with it. So we've never had a TikTok before. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of learn TikTok. And that's where the behind the scenes came from. It was because uh that's what I fell in love with. Yes. And I just wanted to show it where I'm like, look how many people it takes yes. to set up all these chairs. Look how many people it takes to do the rigging and the stage setup. Yeah. And all of that behind the scenes stuff that I know I, I didn't want to do the repetitive where like 
you know as a patron when you come in you see the front of house and all that other stuff but you yeah. don't you don't see all those people that are that go behind it mm-hmm. and um also being here and and running the social media other i realize a lot of people saw us as like this big monster yep i definitely money grabbing did. i definitely did you didn't know that there's actually humans mm-hmm. that work here and majority of them are local yes I may not be local, but my my husband is a local. Like yeah. he was born and raised here. So if, hey, you're living here, you're working here, you're raising your <laughs> kid here. You're local. <laughs> yeah. So and a lot of a lot of the other people here um, are locals. A lot of our operations team that are the ones that are setting up the chairs and and all of that and moving the tables and setting up the stage and stuff. They're all locals. Like they went to high school here and they grew up here. They were born and raised. Right. And so. I was like, maybe this is a something that I thought was really important. And the more I started doing research, um, I started learning more on why it is important to do behind the scenes. And it wasn't just for venue. It's for any other place, any other little restaurant. Mm-hmm. How much does it take to put that food on the table? Yes. Um, because some people don't realize there's humans behind that. You think it's just like this big, scary. Yeah corporate place yeah or that everything you know that it's all um very systematic and like a well-oiled machine it's like no there's a lot of interaction you know back here yeah and it started getting a lot of traction even my regionals that i didn't even talk to about it they started seeing it and passing it down to their people on different venues around the country and i was just like wow if people are actually and i i saw when i when i joined linkedin that a lot more people started following me so i realize how many other venues and not just venues any other businesses Mm -hmm. aren't doing the branding that they need to do or could do that could help their business so much and branding is my passion to um you know obviously when i had first started here all the different departments would just be on their own Mm -hmm. and i would see you know someone from the sales team wearing a shirt and the colors were like Say if it was like orange or something, and I'm like, where did you? Why did you choose orange? Yeah. like I don't understand. <laughs> and um, or they would do business cards on their own, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know anything like that, or wayfinding signage. I I think that's where I got the orange from because I saw an orange sticker with American Bank Center on it, and I was like, who thought that that was okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, it's the imagery. Like we need everything to be cohesive, mm-hmm. and. But it's not about the visual. I'd say all the time, and I sound like a broken record all uh, most of the time when I'm talking to like my GM or someone. And um, I'm like, even our parking lot attendants, the way that they talk about our venue or the way that they're dressed is a brand to the rest of their experience. Yes. And it's the same with any other company. It's not just ours. So... I wanted to kind of talk that about that a little bit more on our LinkedIn. Yeah. And so that's where like the headshots came in. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people use headshots where they're selfies. And I'm like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't look the most professional. Mm-hmm. And if that's the first thing that you're seeing about someone's company, that's kind of the perception around your whole entire company. Yes. Is that you're not taking it seriously, I guess. Yes. You could you can potentially say that you're not taking it seriously um what else are you not investing in and oh wow yeah so yeah it it's stuff that i think about 24 7 
but that I realize other people don't. No, that's why what you offer is so valuable because people aren't thinking about that. Yeah, and so I figured I'm like, maybe I can share that as much as possible. Of course, because I work so much and I'm just a team of one person here for the three venues that we have. Um, anytime that I can help someone else, I just try to as much as possible. So yes. something as little as let me share my experience with you because yes. I, I understand that you can't, aff- not everybody's going to afford to do a whole entire marketing, um, bachelor's degree or anything like that. So right. any kind of knowledge I can pass on, I try to do that to make, you know, someone else's business better. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just like. You are so right with what you said about, you know, I think a a lot of people just kind of uh, looked at the American Bank Center venue as a big corporate, like you said, um, you know, it's it's just a machine. Mm -hmm. But I feel, you know, of late, it's been much more personable. I I don't know, like there's been a shift for sure. And like, I'm like, I appreciate this. Like y'all just came out with, um, I think Incubus is coming mm-hmm. and people are, you know what I mean? Like so stuff excited. like that, you know what I mean? That I'm kind of like, okay, American Bank Center, like I see you, you know? And I know that you have a huge hand in that. Um, I just think you're absolutely incredible. And before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. What project are you most proud of that you've participated in? Um, whether it's here, whether it was at school, you know, what comes to mind that you were just like so thrilled that you got to be a part of and that you're really proud about? When tours come in, for the most part, they have their own branding and they have their own, um, obviously for their entire tour. And that's why you see it when, you know, like there's a national announce, everything looks cohesive. They give me the workable PSD files with the fonts and I kind of just localize it. And then I resize it for what we need around the building and then to advertise it as well. Um, So unfortunately, I don't get to be as creative on that side. Mm -hmm. But the homegrown events that we have here, I get to be the promoter and the art director and everything that I get to do um, that I love and put into it. So Coastal Christmas is um, we're about to do our fourth year. Oh, wow. And I got to be the one that started it like literally from the ideation of sketching logos to what it is now. Yes. So the logo is mine and the entire branding and but not wow. only that the marketing buys I did behind it and um everything visual that you see um anything like when you see it on a TV commercial or a radio spot or when we're doing flyers and doing, you know, um, stuff like that. That's all stuff that I produced. And it's so cool to see that, you know, when obviously tickets get sold out. Mm-hmm. That's really cool where I'm just like, not only is my marketing working, the advertising that I designed and built from scratch by myself is working as well. And so I think that that was probably the most proud of, of something that I've done here. That's amazing. And why I stay here is because of the homegrown events. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. It's so cool. So it's the homegrown events are also the most stressful because there's so much work that has to be done for it. Mm -hmm. And anything that goes as, as simple as the copy, the copy that I have to do for press releases is all from me. Yeah. Any of the copy, if I want to do a specific sale, and I have the idea and I, I work with box office on it and I have to switch up the design 
but then I have to switch up the campaign and I have to, and that's something that an entire advertising firm would work on. I do by myself when it comes to wow the ticketing part and the coding on, on the website, e-blasts that go out are built from me from scratch. I'm physically doing it. And it's so funny because, um, like I said, my, my, uh, husband is born and raised from here. So he has a lot of friends. And if like one of his friend's wives were to text me and they're just like, Hey, do you have tickets for this one show? And I'm like, Oh, how did you hear about it? Because obviously as a marketer that helps me. Yes. And then she'll be like, Oh, they sent me an email. And I'm like, Oh, I, I sent you the email. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. Yeah. It happens all the time or, um, the marquees outside. So everything I am in charge of the 60 in-house TVs on the concourse, every single one of those TVs on the first and second floor, I design the graphic, I program them. And I also am the IT person for each one of those TVs. Wow. So if a TV goes out, I have to physically go over there myself. Wow. Stop what I'm doing and go fix that TV. Um, Luckily, all the stuff inside of the arena bowl is Courtney. Mm -hmm. So I get to pass (laughs) on those graphics to her. And so anything that goes um, during the show, ice rays game, basketball game is all her mm-hmm. luckily I don't have to do that part yes. and she's a badass and she can do yes both of y'all my goodness <laughs> yeah. you're amazing and um. it's it I think a lot of and then even other co-workers I feel like still don't understand the the extent of how much work kind of goes into just like building the show like even for announce I have three announces next week and I am exhausted and I'm not even close but it's um so much work before the public even sees it yep you don't even know that a show's coming and you know it's the booking manager to box office and then marketing is working tirelessly and we're doing those you know 14 hour days to make sure that we even announce a show something as simple as like oh wow i saw it on social media and you're like Oh yeah, I, I, I did that. It took a lot of hours yes, to get to that point. A long time. Oh my God. Yeah. Social media is so much work. Um, and it's not even so just much. social media. So like we have to do the, the, there's CAD drawings that have to be built and that goes to the promoter and then the promoter gets to figure out how the price points are going to go. Yep. Then they send it to box office. Yep. Box office sends wow. me um, the announce time, venue presale time, what the presale codes are, where we can use them, where we can't use them, um, the on-sale time frames, what needs to be done, uh, do we need a Facebook event, who we need to co-host, make sure you don't tag these people on Instagram, but on Facebook, this person needs to be tagged. And when you're on the website, you can only use this verbiage, don't use this other verbiage, or else we're going to call you and say you need to take that down. Yep. We also need to do a press release. We don't have a press release, but you need to draft it up. Send it to us. We'll approve it. We'll send it back to you. We're also doing a marketing buy. Here's $15,000. So before announce, I need you to do a TV, um, you know, TV buy, radio buy. Uh, There's X amount of promo tickets. So we can do cash plus promo or we can only do promo. I don't know if we have enough cash for that. Um, I have to give them all those proposals before and a lot of times it goes back and forth um, before we even announce the show and so and that's just for one show and that's only just in the announcing part that's always like it's broken up into different parts but not only that 
I'm also the graphic designer and I do all, um, I try to do all of the uh, marketing materials for the sales team. Yeah. I try to get all the F and B upstairs when they have a show and they're calling me and like, Hey, our planning is done. You need to come up and take pictures. Okay. I'm going to go up and take pictures right now. Come back down. Hey, are the TVs out over here? So I'm going over there and doing that. Hey, we need a wrap because we need some directional signage. Um, right now I'm, I'm working on a couple of capital projects which is uh, our convention center TVs aren't working. So I'm doing that entire project by myself. Oh my gosh, girl. And it's, it's goes down to the technical parts where like our TVs are too high. You're not going to be able to read, especially when we have a lot of information. Yes. These all need to get moved down. And then that is a trickle effect. Now I have to get with my operations team and to schedule when we can do that. Then I have to get with our IT city department to see if, okay, we're just switching the TV from this yep. side to this side. Yep. Do we have enough for there? Then I have to learn a new program. And like, it's a whole thing. No, it is. <laughs> well, and to me, that that goes full circle to what you had said at the very beginning where you said, I don't think people quite realize what it takes mm -hmm. to do what it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And like literally everything you just listed, I'm like, yeah, no joke. Like no wonder, you know, you're here as long as you are and, mm -hmm. and uh, you're putting in as many hours as you are. I know you love it, but I mean... For, yeah. for things to go off as successfully as they do involves somebody like you who has it all together and has a great team involved, you know? Yes. I, I don't want to keep you any more than I need to. You are so, <laughs> you're, I mean, you're, you are so amazing. Thank you so much for talking with me tonight. Um, staying after work late, putting up with my accidentally going to North Beach instead of making the turn to get off to come to the American Bank Center. It happens more than you think. Oy. It does. Deanna, I appreciate <laughs> you so, so much. I just think you're incredible. Um, thank you for all that you do for this place. And I just can't wait to continue to see you and the American Bank Center kill it down here. Yes, and thank you. And if you are a marketing person and you want to work here with me and be on my team, you're more than welcome. I do need help. Come, oh, okay. Come help me. Right. <laughs> so, how, okay. Can they just contact? How would you prefer they contact you? Um... Wow. Well, I run the entire social media. So okay. if they can't find um, my email address or anything like that, you can just DM me. Okay. I run all that. I see all of that. Okay. Very um, good. If not, you can go on our website, AmericanBankCenter.com. You can find our information there and I need help. So okay. please come help me. Yes. Y'all hear that. <laughs> Anybody who's in the marketing, thank you for saying that. Thank you for being an amazing guest and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Yes. Thank you so much.